We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. It's game day. Lakers versus Miami Heat coming up at 4.30 Pacific time today. The Lakers coming off of a bad loss to the Orlando Magic. Can they get things back on track and bounce back against the Heat? We'll dive into this matchup as well as a few news items that we need to get into. Before we get there, though, quick reminder, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, pushing towards half a million subscribers here on the channel. So do me a favor and hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications, and like this video as well. Podcast listeners, if you wouldn't mind giving us a five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts, it's a great way to, to help out the show. And I sure do enjoy reading those reviews over there on Apple Podcasts. can also give a rating on Spotify or whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. All right, let's get into this first and foremost and i wish we didn't have to but the injury update that's where we need to start the show because we know the lakers they're the walking wounded but i actually have kind of sort of good news i I think to start things off here and that is that torian prince is no longer on the lakers injury report here it is in fact youtube viewers can see the injury report on your screen jackson hayes though Added to the injury report, he is questionable for the game against the Heat due to a left ankle sprain. But again, questionable, not the same as out. Fingers crossed, hopefully he is a go. Um, So you've got one guy exiting the injury report in Torian Prince and one guy being added to it. But again, Torian Prince was simply out. Jackson Hayes now being listed as questionable. So again, hopefully he's good to go. Uh, Rui Hachimura still in concussion protocol. This will be his fourth game missed due to the concussion protocol. Jalen Huchifino, right patella contusion. Jared Vanderbilt still dealing with left heel bursitis. Gabe Vincent all out for this one. Gabe Vincent's going to be reevaluated in a couple of weeks. Jared Vanderbilt will be reevaluated at the conclusion of the road trip. JHS, we're not sure. And Rui Hachimura, it just depends on when he can exit concussion protocol. It could be tomorrow. Um, it, it could be a week from now. We just don't know. Concussions are a tricky thing. And so we don't know for sure when he can exit concussion protocol but again the good news Torian Prince back into the mix for the Lakers I would assume he will slide right back into the starting lineup I didn't think Cam Reddish played a very good game despite having a good game against the Clippers I didn't think he was very good against the Orlando Magic on either end of the floor 
Torian Prince gives you a little bit more wing depth, a bit more shooting, of course, than Cam Reddish does. So I expect for him to jump right back into the Lakers starting five. He will start at small forward LeBron James, of course, at power forward Anthony Davis at center with Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell in the backcourt. So that's what I'm expecting to see out of this Lakers team. And uh, good news that Torian Prince is coming back. Hopefully, hopefully they dodge a bullet though and get Jackson Hayes back because if Prince comes back, but Hayes is out, well, you're right back to an eight-man rotation, which is what the Lakers have been playing with for the last couple of games. Technically, yes, they have nine players available because of Maxwell Lewis, but we know the second-round pick, he's just there as a break glass in case of emergency players. So hopefully the Lakers rotation does go to a nine-man rotation with Torian Prince back in the mix and Jackson Hayes, hopefully, again, fingers crossed, able to go. All right, so let's talk about a few of the Lakers' issues that we're now dealing with here coming out of the loss to the Orlando Magic. And while there's a number of things we can point to, I think first and foremost, we need to talk about the turnovers and defensive rebounds. Look, we were, we knew going into this wasn't a secret. It wasn't like the Orlando Magic came out and shot 60% from three and the Lakers just threw their hands up and said, man, these guys were just red hot. This wasn't what we were expecting. And somehow they beat us. I don't know what happened. No, that's not the scenario at all. And sometimes games like that happen in the NBA. But no, what we saw was exactly, exactly the way that you would expect the Orlando Magic to beat the Lakers. Specifically, the key areas for LA, turnovers, and their own defensive rebounds. In other words, limiting the offensive rebound opportunities for the Orlando Magic. The Lakers were terrible at both things. Not just one, both 19 offensive rebounds, 17 turnovers gave the Orlando Magic a significant edge in shot attempts. That's what happens when you turn the ball over a lot. It's what happens when you give up offensive rebounds. What happens is you finish the game with your opponent shooting a lot more than you did. And in order to make up for that, you either have to hit a lot more threes while your opponent's hitting a lot of twos, or you've got to shoot way more efficiently than your opponent does. Because when you give your opponent more shots than you do, well, then you get, there's a good chance that they are going to come out on top. So for the Lakers, again, those were the keys against your Orlando Magic. Control the turnovers and control the defensive rebounds. And that is not what happened here at all. The Lakers went the other way. In fact, the Magic beat them worse in both of those areas than they did when they played earlier in the week. So why were the Lakers not prepared to deal with this? Why were the Lakers looking like they were shell-shocked by a young Orlando Magic side. Now, again, the Magic give them plenty of credit. They came out, they played with effort, they hustled. The Lakers, they came out and they played, well, like they were looking forward on to going to Disney World or something while they were in Orlando. Darvin Ham hinted that the Lakers weren't able to shut some other things off before they got onto the floor. Not necessarily a red flag just yet, but something to pay attention to. Ham also, frankly, called out the team to a degree that we don't see him do very often, cited their effort, their energy, their attention to detail, their focus. And he's not wrong. Now, these are all things that also Darvin Ham is supposed to excel at as a coach, getting a team to buy in, getting a team to want to run through a brick wall for him so that when you are playing a team like the Orlando Magic, your team still comes out focused. They certainly were not. And so some of the blame absolutely does need to fall onto the shoulders of Darvin Ham, but the Lakers as a team 
knew what they needed to do against the Orlando Magic. They just did not do it. Once again, some of that is credit to the Magic. They looked to be the far more determined team than the Lakers. So, coming up in tonight's matchup against the Miami Heat, they have to solve those issues. And they have to solve them very, very quickly. Miami, not a great offensive rebounding team, but you know what they are really good at? They're one of the better teams in the NBA at forcing turnovers. So, those turnover problems, those will continue against Miami if the Lakers haven't solved things, if the sharpness isn't there. Right now, the Miami Heat are the favorite to win this matchup against the Lakers. Not by much, not by the, the moment. It's a point and a half. So this is expected to be a very close game. The Lakers do have a better record than the Miami Heat by one game. Miami's two and four, the Lakers three and three. But nonetheless, this is expected to be a very close game. But I have to imagine that Miami being one of the better teams in the NBA at turning over their opponent and the Lakers struggling with turnovers, particularly against the Orlando Magic, which is what we saw most recently. That's probably a factor why Miami is right now the favorite to win the game. So again, game's coming up at 4.30 Pacific. Come join us over on Playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation and hang out with us while the game is on. It's a lot of fun. And then after the game, come right over to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel for our Lakers Nation live show, which again, kicks off soon as the Lakers game ends and then gets followed up by the Lakers Nation post-post game show, which features Sean Davis. All right, let's dive into this matchup. Let's dive into this match because Darvin Ham made it clear the turnovers, the defensive rebounds, those are those are hustle stats. Those are attention to detail stats. Those are want to stats. Those are areas of concern that have to do with how locked in a team is. And the hope, of course, for Lakers fans is that the Lakers come out of Orlando embarrassed, annoyed, angry, perhaps the very least, much more focused. You would expect a sharpness to the team. Now, strategically, there's not much you can do to create that sharpness. As Darvin Ham said, he can't scheme a way to get rebounds. A lot of that is boxing out, doing the little things, putting a body on somebody, not missing your assignment, and just gritting your teeth and grabbing, as Darvin said, the damn ball. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. So I think we're going to find out a lot about this Lakers team against Miami. Do you bounce back? Does it bother you that you lost to a young team like the Miami Heat? Do you see, I'm sorry, like the Orlando Magic, do you see that kind of fire against the Miami Heat or not? If the answer is yes, okay, then let's go. This happens sometimes, right? Teams lose games. But what you want to see is the team bounce back and the team say, that's not who we are. What you don't want to see, what you don't want to see is the team come out against Miami with no fire, not looking annoyed, not looking bothered by the fact that they lost to Orlando, just treating it like it's another Monday night. That's what you don't want to see. That's what you don't want to see. So keep an eye out on the body language tonight against Miami because we need to see a Lakers team that is embarrassed, that's upset, and wants to prove to everybody that the Orlando game does not represent who they are as players or as people. But let's talk about the keys to this Miami game beyond just the you better come out and play bothered, play annoyed, play angry. 
Beyond that, beyond the focus, what else needs to happen for the Lakers to win this game against the Miami Heat? Well, first and foremost, the Miami thrice. And yeah, it really is becoming that. I don't know if you've noticed, but Tyler Hero, talk about playing annoyed. Tyler Hero has been annoyed that his name was in trade rumors all summer long. And all summer long, all he was hearing was that he's not good enough for the Portland Trailblazers. And look, the Blazers had other reasons, right? They already had Anthony Simons at the position. They were going to try to move him and all of that. But all summer, Tyler Hero has been hearing that he's not that valuable. And to his credit, so far this season, he's come out and played like he is trying to prove everyone wrong. And as of this moment, he's doing it. The stats he's put up again, the Heat, the heat are only two and four. But Tyler Hero, Hero, averaging 38 minutes per game, has played in all six of Miami's games, 26 points per game, 5.7 rebounds, 5 assists, 1.2 steals for Tyler Hero. He's shooting 45% from three. Now, I'd say that's unsustainable, but nonetheless, he's doing it, and 45% from the field while shooting 89% from the free throw line. Again, Tyler Hero, as we hope the Lakers will, has come out feeling injured, feeling wronged by the NBA world. He took it personally, as Michael Jordan would say. And so right now, it really is. Not just Jimmy Butler, not just Bam Adebayo, but it's Tyler Hero. And the Lakers need to figure out a way to slow down all three of these guys. Much easier said than done, but it's not just stop Jimmy. It's not just stop Bam anymore. It's not stop that duo. Now, Tyler Hero has stepped up in a big, big way. Now, hopefully, again, I don't buy that he's a 45% three-point shooter. I think he can be a good three-point shooter, but hopefully regression hits him big time in this game. Hopefully regression comes for Tyler Hero in this game against the Lakers. But the Lakers have to treat Miami as though they, as though they are a big three. I don't want to try to turn them into some LeBron, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade level big three. Certainly not. But the Lakers need to treat Tyler Hero as a true scoring threat, as a real problem that is right up there with Jimmy Butler and with Bam Adebayo. That's the way the Lakers need to approach this game. If they don't defensively, if they aren't respecting Tyler Hero enough, he's can do some real damage. And that's going to be a key for the Lakers tonight. Do not let do not let the Miami thrice have their way. You can't let all three guys have a good game. In fact, I think you've got to get at least two of them to shoot subpar, to shoot poorly. One of them could get going. If all three of them have solid two good games, well, that's where you could be in a bit of trouble. So we got to pay extra attention to those three players for the Miami Heat. By the way, Miami, in terms of their own injury report, Jimmy Butler's probable, probable to play. He's been dealing with some knee tendonitis. He's playing. He's not missing a game playing against LeBron James. But Caleb Martin is out, and he is somebody that is important for their wing depth. Um, the road to nowhere. Uh not only is it a fantastic Ozzy Osbourne song, but so far the Lakers are 0-3 on the road. All three of their losses this season have come on the road. All three of their wins have come at home. The Lakers need to get it together on the road. Break the seal, get a road win, and stop this trend of falling short whenever they're on the road. 
They've got to figure out a way to get it done. Miami is an opportunity to do so. This is not an unbeatable team by any means, but this is also a team kind of like Orlando, where if you're not sharp, they're going to do a lot of damage and they're going to put you away and they're going to make you look bad. So the Lakers have got to show that sharpness. They've got to show that attention to detail and get their first road win. It should bother them that they're 0-3 on the road and that that narrative is starting to form. Because let me tell you, the Lakers drop this game to Miami. That's going to start to become a bigger thing. Can the Lakers win on the road? Are they only a home team? That's all they can do? Not good. Not what you want to see. You want to see a team that can perform consistently, whether they're at the at home or on the road. So the road to nowhere, it needs to end. It needs to end in this game against Miami. They need to get their first road win and move on. I've got this in. Vulture the culture. We've heard all about heat culture. We've heard all about the toughness, all about the physicality, the aggressiveness they're going to play with, all about the the training levels that they're going to play at, the, the competition, the level at which they're going to compete. The Lakers need some of that. The Lakers need some of that. Based on what we saw against Orlando, the Lakers need to take some of this heat culture and grab some of that identity as their own. Yes, they've got a lot of guys hurt. Yeah, they were playing with an eight-man rotation, and that sucks. That's not good. But next man up, adapt and overcome, figure out a way to get the job done. That's the mentality this Lakers team needs to have. And frankly, I don't think we saw that against Orlando. So vulture the the culture if you're the Lakers. Take a page out of the book of the Miami Heat. Toughen up. Go in there, play hard-nosed basketball, and play like winning that game matters. Play like... Winning each and every game matters. Play like the guy that's coming off the bench. You're confident that he can do the job, and that guy needs to come in and perform with confidence. I think we saw that against the Clippers. And then that turned right around on the road against the Orlando Magic. So again, vulture the culture. Take this mentality that Miami has and has had for a long time now, and you have to figure out a way to adapt it to this Lakers team. They need to show that same level of toughness, that same level of nonstop competitiveness. They have to adapt and overcome to the challenges that are in front of them. Yes, it would be great if Rui was healthy, if Vanda was healthy. They had the kind of wing depth that they needed. If you had a guard rotation like you expected to, if Gabe Vincent was not dealing with an injury, former Miami Heat guard, Gabe Vincent, by the way. But they're not. But they're not. And so you got to find a way to get it done with the guys that you do have available. And again, that's where the Lakers need to vulture that heat culture. Last thing before we open up the mailbag and get into some of our chat questions, uh, as, as the Rolling Stones said, start me up. The Lakers can't fall behind in the first quarter. Again, they have in five out of six games exited the first quarter trailing by double digits. Not good. What you can't do is burn all of your energy trying to play catch-up all game, every game. What that does, not only physically is that taxing, but mentally, that is draining as well. You can't be constantly in scramble mode trying to catch up. That is a habit, just like not boxing out and leading to offensive rebounds, just like sloppy passes leading to turnovers, not being careful enough with the basketball. It is a bad habit that needs to be addressed Immediately, the Lakers need to figure out a way 
to get rid of this first quarter hex and not be down by double digits coming out of the first quarter. I'm not saying they have to lead. Look, it would be great. It'd be nice if they did. But I would take at this point down one, down two, down three, something like that. That's fine. That's fine. What you can't do is be down 13, 14 points coming out of the first. And then you've got something that you've got to chip away at through the second quarter. Sometimes it bleeds into the third quarter. And the next thing you know, you're pushing major minutes, major burden onto LeBron, onto Anthony Davis, because you're trying to battle back all game long. Can't do it. That is not a sustainable recipe for success in the NBA. So start me up. Got to get rid of this first quarter, slow start, come out of the gates, firing on all cylinders. All right, before we get into our super chat questions that we've got from the Lakers post game against the Orlando Magic, uh, let's give a quick shout out to our sponsor, and that is Underdog Fantasy. Now, Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. What I love about it is it is super, super easy to use. All you have to do for the pick'em games, which are my favorite, all you have to do is pick whether your favorite player will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. All you got to do is pick between two and five players to build a pick'em entry, and you can also make rivals picks, which picks two players against each other, i.e. which player will have more points again it's very very easy to do and from my perspective it can make the games that much more interesting you have that much more buy-in into the game itself so again you've got an opportunity even for tonight's game lakers versus miami heat you can go check that out on the underdog app so sign up today with the promo code lakers nation and you get your first deposit doubled up to five hundred dollars that's right you deposit five hundred dollars underdog will also deposit $500 for you. So visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store. And don't forget to register with the promo code LakersNation to get your first deposit doubled up to $500. You must be 18 or older and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-522-4700 or visit ncpgambling.org. All right, let's get into... The mailbag. We'll get into some chat questions here from Lakers fans. Seven day sports pod said CJ or DeMar or Dinwiddie all, uh, but they're going to make a trade for D'Lo or even Austin Reeves. He is not playing well. So I thought Austin actually shot the ball very well against Orlando. Uh, didn't make a big enough difference, but we're starting to see Austin go back to being Austin Reeves. Um, we were talking about on the show, I believe when this question came in, should the Lakers make a trade should they trade for um somebody mid-season and again we are a ways away from that it's a very preliminary conversation just saying hey if things continue this way what are some things we should be keeping an eye on on the trade front what are some areas that the lakers could use to address i think they could use another defensive guard um obviously gabe vincent can help in that area but i still think they could use a little additional help there particularly if you ultimately make the decision that you'd rather see a three and d style guard next to either d'lo or austin reeves in the backcourt, or if you want to stagger those two players, which a lot of fans have been suggesting. I also think they could use another true big to throw at some of the behemoths in the NBA, and maybe a wing score could be in order, although Rui Hachimura being healthy certainly helps to fill that role as well. But some names that got thrown out, CJ McCollum, DeMar DeRozan, Spencer Dinwiddie, these are all 
complete hypotheticals and nothing with any you know legitimacy behind it at this point. Just some ideas in terms of skill sets that the Lakers could target. Reed said, if the Bulls blow it up, would you guys trade for DeMar? You know, DeMar DeRozan, LA guy, certainly an interesting guy to consider. It all depends on what's the asking price. What does it cost in order to get a guy like DeMar DeRozan, who, let's face it, is he's well into his 30s. He's an aging player. How much can the Lakers expect to get from him? I do kind of like his skill set with this Lakers team, but um, I, I don't know what the price would be. You're going to have to stack up some salaries to get there. Legend said, is LA personnel even sufficient to win consistently? Yeah, I think when they're, especially when they're healthy, this should be a team that has more consistency than most because I think they've got more depth than most teams. Now, right now, that depth is MIA because it's all on the injury report. You've got so many guys who are out. And again, that's not an excuse to lose a game like the, to, to a game uh, a game to a team like the Orlando Magic. It's not an excuse to drop that game at all, especially Orlando was missing players as well. But they outcompeted the Lakers. They clearly wanted that game more than the Lakers did. Simply no excuse for that, regardless of who is on the floor. But yes, I think the Lakers can have more consistency than most teams because if and when they are healthy, I think they have more depth than most teams do. Now, that said, I can also say the way I've looked at the Western Conference is that we can the Lakers can have more consistency, I think, than the teams around them while we could still perceive them as having terrible consistency. The reason for that is compared to most seasons, I think we'll look at the Lakers' consistency and say, oh my gosh, they can't rattle off a five, six game win streak. What's going on? They're, they're, they're terrible. It's this roller coaster. They win, they lose, they win, they lose, they win, they lose. That's the Western Conference this year. Though. The Western Conference, it's going to cannibalize itself all year because there are so many good teams. So many good teams. There's so much parity in the Western Conference that it's going to be tough to string together any kind of meaningful win streak. I think that the West, the difference between the one seed and the 10 seed, it's not going to be as much as it is in most years. And so as a result, it's going to feel like, even if the Lakers have more consistency than their peers, it's going to feel like they don't. Because compared to other seasons, they won't. But that, I think, is more having to do with the state of the conference and the parity in the West than anything else. Carol said, I wouldn't take Westbrook for free, Jesus. We were looking at players you could potentially add that have a playmaking quality, and Russell Westbrook was one that popped up on a list of players that we pulled up. That's why he was saying that. But yes, I agree. You're not, you're not bringing Russ back. Justin said, Lonzo Ball is a perfect fit. Lonzo Ball is a perfect fit if he's healthy. He's not. He's not playing this season. He vows to come back next season, but he is already out for the season. Haas said, D'Lo is a home court player. He's a lot to blame. Is that it? I mean, maybe that's something to keep an eye on, but is D'Angelo Russell simply better at home than on the road? Something to take a look at, and certainly we can we can find the, uh, the stats on that. In fact, I'm going to see if I can kind of dig them up on the fly right now, home versus, versus road for D'Angelo Russell. Um, he is a guy who... I think the Lakers definitely need, they need him to play well. And looking at the numbers right now for this, again, tiny sample size, six games. 
yeah, he's shooting 53% from the field at home. He's shooting 31% from the field in three games on the road. Uh, he is shooting 20% from three on the road, 35% from three at home. Not, not ideal. Not ideal. His rebounds go up on the road, but the shooting percentages definitely go down. The points drop drastically at home. He's averaging 23 points per game right now on the road. That is 13 points per game that D'Angelo Russell is averaging. Now, going back to last season, though, is that still a, a problem for D'Angelo Russell? So pulling the entire season last year again, so we have a much bigger sample size. D'Angelo Russell actually shot better from the field on the road than he did at home. Shot slightly better at home than on the road. He shot 41% from three at home. Shot 38% from three on the road. But again, did shoot slightly better from the field overall on the road. Um, the points did indeed drop on the road, though. Dropped by two points per game. Averaged 18.6 points at home and just 16.7 on the road. So the shooting numbers do seem to drop when D'Angelo Russell is um, is on the road, or at least the scoring did. The percentages are pretty darn close last year. Right now, though, there's a big, big gap between home and road for D'Angelo Russell, so hopefully that's not a trend that continues. You can deal with him being slightly better at home than he is on the road. That's that's fine. That's In fact, that's pretty normal. But there being that big of a gap, 50-plus percent from the field compared to 30% from the field uh, at home versus on the road, that simply can't happen. Uh, DJ, it's mind-blowing how efficient LeBron has been to start this season. In, even in a loss, can we appreciate this man for a moment? Oh, 100%. Look, I talked about LeBron uh, on a recent show. Said that he's he's the quintessential Ferris Bueller. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and take a look around once in a while, you could miss it. If you don't stop and appreciate what LeBron's doing right now at this age and understand that no one has ever done at his age what he's doing, um, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. And that's always unfortunate because you know what happens? You know what happens is five years from now, a decade from now, you look back and people are talking about you know how great this player was and you think, man, that was great. That really was great. You know, it takes me back to the Andy Bernard quote from The Office who said, I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. I can tell you guys right now, we're in the good old days with LeBron, with what he's doing at his age. At some point in the future, again, maybe it's five years, maybe it's 10 years. I don't know how long this guy's going to play. But at some point in the future, we're going to look back and say, man, remember how good LeBron still was even at 30, even as the oldest player in the NBA, remember how amazing that was? And we're going to wish that we had paid a little more attention to it right here, right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. David said seeing the game live, not too upset. What killed us is having Austin on Wagner. Nothing Rui and Vando wouldn't fix. There is something to that. The Lakers, they're like one of the my favorite things about this Lakers team is their wing depth. They didn't have it because it was on the injury report. Um, again, not an excuse. Still should beat the Orlando Magic, even with that. But if you're looking at some of the problems that the Lakers have, all those are those problems solved by having the players that are out hurt right now? I think you can make that argument. Philly. Said Cam Reddish, what do you think? His offense was rough and in bad position on defense quite a bit. Offensive rebounds are the name of the game. Yeah, you know what? Again, I was singing Cam's praises after the game against the Clippers, and rightfully so. Look, I don't plant myself in any camp. I don't say I'm a Cam Reddish guy. No matter what, I'm going to try to support him. Or I'm anti-Cam Reddish. No matter what, I'm going to try to trash this player. No, I want to be able to say if a player had a good game, that he had a good game. And why? If a player had a bad game, I want to be able to say he had a bad game and why. I agree with Philly's assessment here. I thought he was out of position quite a bit uh, on defense, and his offense has been clunky all season long. The difference against the Clippers was his defense was pretty good. So uh, against Orlando, yeah, he it was a bad game for him. It was a bad game. Northborough said D'Lo and Reeves at the starting guards is a negative redundancy. Two bad defenders at guard will get you cooked early and often from the perimeter. Sit Reeves till we can trade d in December. So that's always the question. I personally really like the offensive versatility that D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves create because both of them can play on or off the ball. Both of them can shoot from outside. Both of them can initiate the offense. I like that type of versatility where the opposing team doesn't know who it is that's going to be coming at them on each and every possession. The Question, though, is with both players being not great defensively, the question is, are you better served by having just one of those guys be the guy, be the non-LeBron initiator, and you have more of a 3 and D style player playing next to them? Does that serve the team better? Again, I think offensively, you can make an argument for why Austin and D'Lo together is the better combination. But if there's a big improvement you can make on the defensive end of the floor without losing too much on offense, it could be that the net for the team is a positive by switching to a lineup that staggers D'Lo and Austin a bit more, particularly perhaps while Gabe Benson is out. I'm not ready to, to land on that conclusion just yet. I think we need to see more, particularly after we saw the duo work pretty well together um, last year to close out the season. But it's something that's come up consistently from fans. 
And the farther we get into the season, the more validity there is to this idea. Face reality. So didn't watch much of the game. D'Lo one for 10 for three points from three, just 11 points. It was a terrible shooting night from D'Angelo Russell. Again, though, he had had a few good performances in a row. So I'm not going to look at this performance and just say, well, that's it. D'Lo's terrible. No, I, I just think it was, a, it was a bad shooting night. It was unfortunate, but it does happen. Roan Thrash, going to happen in 82-game season. Fully healthy, uh, full squad healthy soon. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Um, I know we're not going to see Gabe Vincent for a bit. Hopefully, hopefully Jared Vanderbilt gets a clean bill of health um, for when he does get reevaluated after the road trip. And uh, and Rui as well, of course, coming back. Johnny said so the biggest problem with the team is too many of the players are better on offense than defense. Um, Vando is a is a key cog in that, right? In fixing that. Also, I wouldn't be opposed to trading both members of the starting backcourt. What are your thoughts, Trevor? So I wouldn't do that. I think I talked about it over the summer. Look, I'm not for trading D'Angelo Russell. I think D'Lo is a better player than he gets credit for. I think he gets a bad rap. But speaking purely contractually, his deal is one the Lakers will have to consider putting on the trade market. Why? Because they negotiated out his no trade clause this year, which makes him trade eligible um, without having his approval. And because he has a player option this coming summer. And if, say, a guy like Christian Wood is particularly playing well for them, keeping D'Lo and Christian Wood with all that money on the books could become a bit tricky. So um, I, I think it's worth exploring the market with D'Angelo Russell. Again, I'm not saying you go all out to trade him. I'm not saying you have to trade him. I think we're a long ways away from making any kind of decision like that. I'm purely speaking, in terms of his contract, it's something the Lakers will have to look at because we don't know what the future holds for D'Angelo Russell and the Lakers. Um, Austin, the Lakers have supreme confidence in. He's their guy. They've committed to him. I don't see the decision they made this summer, the belief they had in, they made in him this summer, I don't believe that's going to waver so much by February that they say, no, we were wrong. Let's trade this guy. I, I just don't see them getting there. Laker fans said LeBron and AD should be held accountable. Laughing and smiling down 20 is inexcusable. Well, you know, look, it all starts from the top, right? The mentality of the team. We talked about vulture the culture from the Miami Heat. Um, is this a LeBron thing? Is this an AD thing? Are they setting a tone? Are the Lakers missing that tough guy? That guy that's got a little bit of dog in him, as we say? Do they have that guy on this team? Is that potentially a problem? that needs to be addressed. Look, I, I won't say that if you're a LeBron, if you're an Anthony Davis, you've played in so many games, you've been in so many situations, you know that sometimes this happens, that sometimes you drop a game that you shouldn't. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be angry and upset and just in a foul mood because of it. it does mean you have to come out the next game, take it personally and use that as motivation to go out there and excel the next game. And so that's what I'm going to be looking for. But I don't think LeBron and AD need to be throwing things or punching walls or anything like that because the Orlando Magic game. And I wouldn't expect them to be in a great mood. And maybe that's where, you know, if they're smiling and laughing, maybe that's where some of the fan frustration comes in because oftentimes we want to see the players, their emotion reflect our own. We're frustrated. We're angry. I want to see that the players feel the same way I do, right? I want to be able to make that connection. So I can understand why people would see LeBron and AD smiling and laughing if that's if that's what was going on in this game. Um, 
and be a little bit upset about it, but I'm not going to overreact to that either. Not going to overreact to that. I think the true, the, the true telling factor here is going to be how do they come out next game? How do they come out next game? What does that look like? What does that look like? What does it look like tonight against the Miami Heat? Do they come out trying to prove a point and saying, look, people think we're this, but we're not. Watch. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see from this team tonight against the Miami Heat. Again, join us on Playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. Game tips at 4.30 Pacific time. Another early game. Lakers on this uh, East Coast road trip. Do have a couple of games coming up, though. Uh, one of them in, in Texas. You've got the Houston Rockets and then stopping over in Phoenix to kick off the Lakers in-season tournament. So this will be the last East Coast time game on the road trip. Then we start heading back west. But Lakers Nation, I want to thank you for joining me for the show. Make sure you do subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out the membership program as well. I think we've got some pretty cool perks there. Click that join button. Use the link in the description below as well to check out the membership program. So far, we've gotten some fantastic feedback on it. I've been really trying to make sure that we provide value for it. And uh, so far, I feel like we're, we're accomplishing that goal. So give it a look. Check out the perks that we're offering for the Lakers Nation YouTube membership program. Great way to help support the channel as we continue to grow and, and offer more and more. Um, and then make sure you do give us that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. All right, everybody. Game day. Let's push aside that Orlando Magic game. Let's move past it. And let's get the job done tonight against the Miami Heat. Till then, everybody. See ya. And stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.